Welcome to Spellbound, a podcast that guides you through the magic of children's books. In this episode, we talk about some of the wonderful books around, aimed at children around the ages of seven to nine years old. We talk to primary school teacher Buick Abel Thompson and best-selling author Jill Lewis. To kick things off, we welcome back Dan Northover from the University of the West of England in Bristol. So a big hello to Dan Northover this morning. He's a primary lecturer in education and he knows so much about books for this age. We're talking in this episode about books for around the ages of seven to nine years old. Dan, I love this stage of reading. It's when children are moving on from those early chapter books. There's so much to discover. Can you talk me through some of the key points for reading at this stage? Yeah, I think particularly the early stages are, like you said, about those kind of chapter books. And it becomes that passing of the torch, if you like, from parent or adult in school reading kind of with you or to you to you going, actually, I can read these books on my own. And I think that's quite exciting for children. It gives them uh, a world away from just picture books, which I think still have a place as you get older, but into that idea of going, I'm reading my own book here. And I think that's great and really exciting for children, kind of taking that ownership, moving off the scheme books and into being a free reader that can read whatever you like. And I think that hopefully today we'll give some recommendations of what might help children to be hooked on books. This age group in particular, there are just so many wonderful books to explore and discover that I get excited about it as well. Book series at this stage obviously start to become very, very popular. There's the continued success of Harry Potter. What is it about these books that have captured readers' imagination for over two decades now? What do you think it is that grabs their attention? So I think they are at their essence uh, excellent stories so from individual books they are good stories but across the whole series as well there's a building and there's a going back to that familiar world that you know and you've been immersed in and finding out more about the characters and finding out more about the world I think that that brings readers back in and I'm a big fan of series books in general and I think that once you read a book and you think yes I like these characters I engage with them then you cannot wait for the new one to come out I found once we had finished the Harry Potter series and and lots of friends and colleagues have said this to me is that we sort of struggled to know where to go to find the next wonderful series. For my kids, it was Percy Jackson, absolutely enthralled by all of those books. Uh, Michelle Paver, those wonderful Wolf Brother books, Diary of a Wimpy Kid as well. Are there any other book series that you would recommend? Well, I think mainly the books that I'm going to be talking about today are, are all parts of series. And, and that starts from books for those younger children. So kind of coming off those reading scheme books onto wanting to find books that grab them and, and that they like and they want to read more of through to those books for older children. Yeah, series have got a lot going for them, I think. So where would you start at the younger end of that spectrum then? I've kind of grouped some recommendations into kind of different things that children might like. But often at this age, it's having some kind of connection to animals that does it for lots of children. Whether that's a book about people and the people have animals and pets like in our world, or whether it's those kind of anthropomorphized, I always struggle over that word, those animals that are alive. So they are the real animals and they are the characters. And I've kind of gone for a, a couple of books that I think are the first books in series, but 
they're about animals and children are, are interested in them. So the first one is a book called Dave Pigeon uh, that's by Swapna Haddo and it's illustrated by Sheena Dempsey. The plot of the first book is basically it's narrated by two pigeons and one of them keeps interrupting and that's Dave Pigeon who is the hero in inverted commas although it's the other pigeon really who's doing the writing. It's a funny book. It's very funny. So it's mainly funny because of the poor planning of these pigeons. They have lots of uh, scatterbrain plans that don't really pan out, but it's very engaging and amusing. And I think it's full of these illustrations as well, which is perfect for children who are moving off picture books and onto kind of a more substantial chapter book but really kind of moves in nicely to them going, I'm not reading this uh, larger format picture book that I know is for younger children. I'm reading a, a smaller book that's that's for me to read on my own and is built in chapters, but those chapters are short and manageable for children and they can get through the book quite quickly, which I think is nice as well, children saying, oh, I've just read this book, now I can read the next one. It's interesting that you touch upon the idea of the illustrations and that's certainly something that was really important for my youngest Mm. is to still be able to see the pictures to create that world for them. But having said that, recently I've been reading Lord of the Rings, all three of them, with my eldest. It's a big book. But at every juncture he will want to go back to the, the beautifully illustrated map in the front of the book and just check off all the place names. Even at that later stage in reading, the illustrations are so important. Yeah, I think so. And actually, even looking through my list now, most of the ones that I've got are illustrated in in some way. Some of the illustrations go hand in hand with the text and others are more sporadically illustrated. But I think that at this age in particular, that that helps. So give us some more of your recommendations. Okay, so another kind of fully illustrated series is the Rabbit and Bear series of books by Julian Goff and Jim Field. They are brilliant i just love them i think they are kind of one of those little small practically perfect in every way little books and they're kind of almost a picture book the pictures are such a big part of the story so the premise is that bear is so lovely and rabbit is really not but it's the interplay between those two characters and rabbit kind of begins learning how to be a better rabbit they're really really funny but also they're not preachy but they leave the reader with some very nice messages along about the kinds of things that it means to be a nice rabbit or a nice person and I think the book manages that fine line really really well between just being quite funny and silly and rude and then veering into but how do we be nice people which I think is great. They are beautiful books. It's funny, those are the books we always grab if we go on holiday because they're small, yep. So, but you get a lot in them. They're just really heartwarming books. They are and kind of along that theme of heartwarming there's a series of books by Laura James and illustrated by Eglantine Suleimans. I think that's how you say her name, which are Captain Pug. Well, they're all set around Pug, who's your kind of main character. The first book in the series is called Captain Pug, the dog who sailed the seas. And they're really nicely pitched for that, again, early independent readers. So children reading them on their own. They've got a really nice balance of simple yet engaging storylines. And the pictures are really nice and they're really colourful throughout the books. And also a newer series by uh, Laura James has got the same kind of bright colours and readable format, but centres around Fabio, who is uh, called The World's Greatest Flamingo Detective. And the first book's called The Case of the Missing Hippo. So it's got enough kind of twists and turns as a detective book to keep the reader reading. But the whole kind of vibe of these books is very cool, calm and collected. So they're drinking their pink lemonade in a jazz cafe and they're just really nice, gentle books. Sounds right up our street. Yeah, and Fabio is very cool, calm and collected as well. So I think they'd certainly appeal to uh, some children. And then my next recommendation is sticking with the detective theme, but one who's not 
cool karma collected at all. So this is Alex T. Smith's Mr. Penguin. From Mr. Penguin and the Lost Treasures, the first book, but then there's also Mr. Penguin and the Secret Fortress and Mr. Penguin and the Catastrophic Cruise. I've heard Mr. Penguin be described as a cross between Poirot and Indiana Jones. And I think it's quite a good description. He wants to be Indiana Jones, I think, in his head, but he's not. He's more bumbling and a bit silly and a bit camp. And I think the series is great. It's kind of an action adventure series. He's got a sidekick, Colin, who's kind of a, a kung fu spider. And it's just fast paced funny. And it's a kind of great first book in a series for those children who really like that adventure. We're big fans of Alex T. Smith, and I just love the humour in his books. Yeah. Even the illustrations, yeah. even if you just look at the pictures, there's tiny little jokes in all the pictures that the kids really pick up on, and we adore his book. That uh, notion of having author illustrators sometimes works, works really, really well, I think, in terms of capturing the essence of what they're trying to do. So I wanted to talk about some of the themes that emerge in books for this age. We've touched upon animals animals are such a huge thing at this age why is that i think there's something about younger children and older children and adults fascination with the natural world it's all around us it's something that we we see and it is in itself innately interesting i think in terms of looking at animals and being interested in animals so perhaps that's why authors of this kind of age tend to have animals whether they are the main characters themselves and they've got those human characteristics or whether they are just part of the books that they're writing it seems to be popular and it seems to be that children enjoy to read about these animals and and care about them any other themes i've noticed the environment obviously is a huge one now um, magic yeah, so, so so magic and that kind of fantasy, slightly otherworldly element seems to come into lots of books. Drawing on that, I think, uh, I don't know if it's a theme necessarily, but I think particularly for this age, books that are funny and are written to be funny and to make children laugh are great and are very popular and are sometimes looked down upon by people going, well, that book just seems a bit silly or it's you know, it's, it's a bit funny. It's not, it's not a proper book. So I've got some recommendations of some funny books, which I think it's about thinking, what do children want to read and why might it be good for them to read funny books? Talk us through some of those. So the first one is a series again by Stephen Butler and illustrated by Stephen Lenton, two Stevens, which is called The Nothing to See Here Hotel. And there's a, there's a kind of series of these books and they are just lots of fun. So they're silly and a bit gross and they're kind of fun stories that are set in this hotel. They are really funny and my son was kind of hooked by this book and I think they're pitched at just the right level. So the storyline is quite simple but yet engaging and there's lots of funny and slightly silly details, which I think work well and keeping on the theme of kind of silly and gross and funny so Dav Pilkey's Captain Underpants series I love him again are wildly popular best-selling books kind of translated in loads of different languages but I think the reason why they're so great is it's a way of hooking some children into reading so some of those children who kind of think these books aren't for me. I don't want to read about animals. I don't want to read about friendship. I don't want to read about this. I don't want to read about that. I just want something that's just silly and funny. And these books are that. And of course, they are about friendship. You've got two of the best friends ever, George and Harold. But they are very funny. And the humour's pitched at children's level. And it's what some children will love. Again, they're not for everyone. But one of my colleagues likes to talk about the fact that when we think about books for children as adults, 
we like to recommend what he calls worthy books. So books that we've read as adults and go, oh, I really like that. I think it does this really well or does that really well. So children will really like that. Yeah. And he says, whereas what children might like to read are books about farts and bogeys and things that they think are funny and silly. And I think that's what these books kind of cater for really well. So some of the titles, Captain Underpants and the Attack of the Talking Toilets, Captain Underpants and the Invasion of the Incredibly Naughty Cafeteria Ladies from Outer Space and the Subsequent Assault of the Equally Evil Lunchroom Zombie Nerds. These are very much written to make children laugh. And they do that. They do that really, really well. And sometimes these can be the kind of gateway books, if you like, where you've got children who just, I don't, I don't like reading. I don't, it's not for me. Mm. And then they read a book like this and they go, oh, well, this is not what I thought reading had to be. I thought it had to be this story where this happened and that happened, rather than going, this is just so silly and funny and I love it. And it's, again, that really cheeky humour, which they just love at that age. What, why is it that that series is so popular? I think it is about that that seeing seeing something that you relate to in the book. So that might not be uh, seeing yourself but seeing a character that you think, well, that could be someone that I know. So it might be a mirror. So he might be just like you or it might be a window looking in and going, oh, yeah, well, I can see a character like that and I can kind of empathise with them. And I think two kind of books that I've got. So one, it was originally published as The Muslims by uh, Zanab Mian, very, very small press, and it won the Little Rebels Award. But then it got picked up by Hatchet, I think, and was republished as Planet Omar, Accidental Trouble Magnet. And it's just great. So it's illustrated throughout by Nasaya Mafaridi and Again, her illustrations are punchy and bold and quite childlike. And they're, they're kind of, as you would imagine, a child would draw. And that's great. And those illustrations go throughout. But also, I just love Omar's voice. But the book also touches on some kind of really big themes. So bullying, racism, and deals with them really, really well through kind of Omar's eyes. And there was an interview that I heard with the author, uh, Zanab Mian, And she said she wanted it to be a good story, but also a book that educates readers about some of the customs of Muslims. And I think it does that really really well it's great and does it really well and i think it's really important and i'm starting to read the second book now which is planet omar unexpected super spy and it's just as good so yeah i'm excited to finish reading that you know it's wonderful because i haven't heard of quite a few of these books that you've recommended today and now i can't wait to go out and get them don't forget all the books we talk about will be on the spellbound website So digging a little bit deeper into your expertise, there's lots of talk at the moment about reading decreasing at this age. Why do you think that is? Well, it's interesting. So there was a a, a big report that came out a few days ago that looked at levels of children's reading and engagement in reading and saying that it's decreased again and it's gone down again. But actually, if you dig into those statistics, that's kind of for slightly older children. And I think there's there's a number of reasons for that. But for younger children, it's actually increased slightly. But I think part of the reason why uh, children may be reading less um, might be because of all the other things you can do now. I think it's an interesting question to pick up on because I think reading for pleasure is something that we want children to do. But equally, I think that there's value in some of those other formats whether you're reading the book yourself, whether you're listening to an audiobook, whether you're watching a series or whether you're watching a film. I think for me, the key element of all of those things is about storytelling and is about how we think about stories and more than that, how we talk about stories and how we connect. And it's that conversation around stories that I think is really powerful and really important. And I think we part of our responsibility is to share books with children and to show them that books can contain these wonderful, exciting stories. 
You mentioned audiobooks there. The National Literacy Trust recently released a report on their effectiveness. Are they just as worthwhile as paper books for children? So I think there's two separate thoughts. I think that one is that we want to tempt children into reading themselves. But the kind of second part of that is there's a temptation sometimes to think, right, my child can read on their own now, so they don't need me to read to them anymore. And I think that that continuing to read to your children and and with your child and maybe you're reading a bit and then they're reading a bit but the key thought is you're discussing the story that's what is really important to continue and the research generally shows that reading aloud to children is beneficial from a very young age to an old age so I think it's it's a good thing to continue doing and finding those books that your child is interested in and wants to read and you really working to bring those books alive for your child having those conversations and showing that reading isn't just an individual independent activity once you can do it on your own but that it's still that shared experience I think is really important so if you are listening to audiobooks I think that's also great but keep talking about what you're listening to and what you're hearing and where you think the story is going to go and what you think is going to happen next. What about magazines? We know loads of kids, including ours, that love The Week, National Geographic Kids. How important are they to read at this age? So I think a good way to kind of consider children's reading, I like to think of, is, OK, as an adult, as an experienced reader, what 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 might we like to read? And for me, that answer is varied and it depends. Sometimes I like to read the newspaper. Sometimes I like to dip into a glossy magazine about something or other other times I might like to read a bit about the football on a website sometimes I might like to read a trashy crime novel because I quite like them other times I might like to read uh, you know the latest man booker prize because that's great and I, I like that I have all of those different kind of identities if you like as a reader and I think it's important that we value when we recognize that in children as well reading a magazine is different to reading a book it's not about getting lost in a story and kind of inhabiting that world it's about dipping in and reading a little bit or reading if you're reading a comic you're reading just a short story perhaps a key thought is uh talking to your children and asking about what they like but also just providing that variety and thinking why do they want to try that one out and see if they like it i think is a is a useful way of thinking about magazines and and reading So talk me through some of your recommendations for the older end of that age group. Yeah, so for me, it kind of tends to shift slightly to adventure. And I think that what this particular age kind of eight nine years old does really well with adventure is that you can have a cracking adventure story and you can explore some great themes for your characters often around friendship and family but without going too deep because some children at that age aren't really ready or don't really have the kind of emotional maturity or understanding to deal with really big kind of weighty issues so it's it's the start So one of my favourite kind of author illustrators is Joe Todd Stanton. And he's got a series of books that are, I've seen them described in different ways. So either picture books, some people say they're graphic novels, but I don't really think they are. I think they're more picture books, but I think they're aimed at exactly this age group, kind of seven to nine. So there's a series which kind of come under the heading of the Brownstone uh, Mythological Collection. And the first one's called Arthur and the Golden Rope. And it's about this young boy, Arthur, and it's set in the time of kind of Norse mythology. And each of the books in the series has the, a really, really similar format. So there's Arthur and the Golden Rope, which is uh, Norse mythology. There's Marcy and the Riddle of the Sphinx, which is ancient Egypt kind of mythology. And then there's Kai and the Monkey King, which is kind of Chinese mythology. And they're brilliant. They've got 
excellent connection to that mythology so some of the gods or the creatures that are there um your character gets placed in a good amount of danger which is good but then they come through as well at the end which is what you want but it's the same structure and it makes them very familiar but the illustrations are stunning throughout and the storytelling's really great so I'd highly recommend those books. Huge fans of mythology here. They sound fantastic and you've already got me hooked. So let's move on to the next recommendation. So this is Knights and Bikes that is by Gabrielle Kent and illustrated by Rex Kroll. And it's kind of inspired by the Goonies. So it's got a lot of that 80s reference points. It's really interesting, actually. When I was looking up this book, I was writing it up for somewhere else. And I thought, well, who did the illustrations? And I couldn't find it. And I didn't realise this Uh, until after I'd read the book but actually this book started out as a computer game so it is a computer game that's got excellent reviews across the board and it's won awards for the computer game but it's just brilliant I was reading this book while my son was at a club so I was sitting in the cafe bit waiting for him a man actually came up to me and said I'm I'm really sorry to interrupt you what are you reading because I was just laughing so much on my own out loud I just could not stop and he said i'm oh, right i need to buy it for my kids because that looks amazing i love that power of a book just yeah. somebody watching you laugh yeah and it and it is it's so funny the two characters are just brilliant it's just great it's really really good book um, and there's a sequel out as well which is most certainly on my list but i haven't got to it yet my next recommendation is by uh sf said and it's called varjak poor absolutely wonderful wonderful but we buy it as gifts for everybody for all of our friends it's just great i mean it's it's illustrated by dave mckean and the illustrations do add again to the story and it's one eight nine although seven eight nine i think fine for this book and a book that i'd heard recommended so someone said to me oh you should really read the polar bear explorers club by alex bell I'm so glad that I got a copy because it's now one of my favourite series of books around at the moment. There's three books. Uh, the first one's Polar Bear Explorers Club. The second one's Explorers on Witch Mountain. And the third is Explorers on Black Ice Bridge. And I think they're great. They're full of bravery and heart and they challenge a number of stereotypes along the way. The main character, Stella, is an adopted character and you kind of start to find out, oh, oh, is there something slightly different about her? And there is, and that's one of the points of the story. But her dad, Felix, is just so lovely and wonderful and supportive and brilliant. And it just challenges lots of stereotypes along the way of what girls should be, what boys should be, what their different kind of traits should be within the story as healers or magicians. or It's just really, really well put together. I think it's kind of adventure writing at its finest, I would say. Wow. Um, and book one has got, so uh, the Polar Bear Explorers Club has got one of the best endings and it just demands that you read book two. And I read it, so I, I highly recommend that as a series. I think they're great. That is high praise indeed. We could sit here all day and continue to chat. Any other recommendations before we finish up? So one final recommendation that I had, it's called Me and Mr P by Maria Farah and it's illustrated by Daniel Reilly. As I read it, it's one of the most powerfully written books I think that I've read recently that I just absolutely loved. So the heart of the story is you've got your main character who is just not very happy in his life. So he's got a younger brother, and I don't think it explicitly says in the book that his younger brother's autistic, but he he is. That's what the premise is. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. So yeah, that would probably be my final recommendation. 
You have just given us a whole stack of books now to either trudge to the library and get them out or maybe purchase the odd one or two. Before we go, any final tips at reading to or with your children at this age? Yeah, I think there's two thoughts for me. So one is about celebrating the fact that your child is becoming an independent reader. So giving them time, giving them space to read alone, but also valuing that yourself. So talking about going to the library to choose some books, but also talking to them about why they like that book. How's the book going on? What's happening in the book so far? If you've read the book yourself, then you can have a shared conversation about it. But even if not, you can get them to tell you what's going on. And then the sharing element of books is kind of strengthening that exact thing. So having books in common. If you're reading books together, then you are able to talk about them. Dan, it's always an absolute pleasure talking about books with you. I really hope you'll come and join us again. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I'm here in the studio with Buick Abel Thompson, a teacher from Bannerman Road Primary School in Bristol. Hello. Hi, nice to be here. Lovely to have you. So you're a teacher here in Bristol. Tell me about how you developed a great love of children's literature. It was definitely massively prominent in my childhood. We didn't have a telly, actually, so there wasn't that much else to do other than read, but like we just devoured them. I just loved getting lost in that world, so so it's lovely to kind of return to primary schools and rekindle that love in myself and try and share that with the kids and make them appreciate all those sort of things that brought quite a lot of wonder and understanding to my childhood. Tell us about the job that you do now. So I work in a school in Eastern in Bristol and I'm a year six teacher over there but I've taught across key stage two so from years three to six. So we're talking about great children's books for seven to nine year olds in this episode. What are the main things to think about for readers of this age? One of the difficult things about this age is that you have a massive range of interests and levels where the children can access the understanding of the book so in my experience with the kids from that age is that some of them will be really much more interested in kind of the visual side of the of narrative whereas others are really ready to go on and read whacking great chapter books so what kind of books and themes really grab their attention at this stage books with a child who has a relationship with an animal always a winner you know michael morpurgo is a phenomenally successful author who's kind of repeated that narrative again and again it's not a child that doesn't get involved and shed a tear at some of the things that he's brought to life and there's a few other authors as well michelle pavers is a particularly good one she's a wolf brother which all of the children are just wrapped with when you're reading with them so things with animals in are always a good hit scary stuff they kind of exploring the idea of being spooked out by things which is a very gentle thrill for them but as a kind of seven to nine year old I can really give them a kind of a jolt of excitement, which is what you want to feel when you're reading anything. And there's a massive amount of fantasy around at the moment. I think that's kind of feeding down from young adult stuff and the films that kids are watching. So we'll mention some of those book titles in just a tick. But I wanted to ask you, we're told so often as parents and carers that reading is one of the most important things we can do with our children. Why is this? It touches so many areas that are really important for development as a child. So as a teacher, you want them to be able to access as much as they possibly can. And reading is still the main way that they're going to access information. You know, they might hear stuff and they might watch stuff. But ultimately, online, in a magazine, wherever you're going, they need to be able to read and understand. It's really critical for their engagement with the world around them. 
the magic of it is that it's like an escape to other worlds and you kind of meet people and places that you could never get to, particularly if you're locked in kind of Bristol with working parents and busy lifestyles. You know, you're never going to travel to the Amazon rainforest. You inhabit the characters' heads. You become those people. And it's the only time you ever get to be inside someone else's head and make decisions and see the world as somebody else. So let's talk about some of the books. Are there any titles that you would recommend that we must absolutely read? Are there any that really jump out for you? I asked some of my children from last year. One of the books that they particularly liked was Girl of Ink and Stars by Kieran Millwood Hargrave. It's about two girls who are going off an adventure. It's kind of classic children's themes of friendship, falling out, managing that kind of relationship set amongst the kind of fantasy world and slightly dystopian landscape. They just absolutely adored it. They loved the kind of adventure of it and the kind of the slight heartache between the two friends. So that was a particularly good one. And there's an author called Abby Elphinstone who's written one called Sky Song. Two kind of slightly estranged children. Maybe the parents aren't around or there's been something sad happening in their life. That idea of overcoming your friendship, coming together to, to make it right in the end. One of the girls said a book called Eye of the Wolf by Daniel Pennock. Oh, it's a beautiful book. It's about a boy who stares at a wolf in a zoo. And the thoughts that are in each of those characters' heads, and it's two halves. And I said, why do you like it? And they just said, it had a wolf in it. <laughs> Which <laughs> just, is great. just to do with the yeah, wolf, Yeah, and it? so we did go through a lot of... There's something about wolves that maybe it's to do with kind of old nursery tales or fairy tales. They're really kind of a present feature of books. But like, you know, Michelle Paver's Wolf Brother. Yeah, we love that. Illustrated books. Are there any of those that you recommend? Oh, uh, yeah. I think, actually, that we forget how powerful simpler stories with less words but images can be for kids and certainly we try as much as possible to get illustrated books into the kind of teaching that we do even up to year six and beyond I mean I absolutely love them and on the slightly more sort of fantastical side of things you have illustrators like Sean Tan his illustrations are fantastic so they're really engaging it's kind of a way in of kind of talking about themes that are a bit darker and a bit more difficult for them to get involved with if they're reading it on their own there's a woman called Helen Ward and Mark Christ who wrote a book called Varmints. Right, which is great, great title. Yeah, again, and, and that's kind of to do with sort of climate change and urbanisation and industrialisation. And, but it's also just a story about some rabbits who like looking after flowers as well. So it's, <laughs> you've got a kind of lot of levels in. And I think they're, they're a really nice book to share for, you know, if you've got three kids of different ages, there's so many ways that children can access it. Don't forget, we will put a list of all these books on the website. So kind of wrapping up the book recommendations, are there any classics that you'd recommend? I mean, they're classics and long-lasting for a reason, aren't they? They kind of stood the test of time. I like to share with the children that I teach the kind of books that I enjoyed as a kid. C.S. Lewis, you know, The Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe is a classic, although I think The Horse and His Boy is... I preferred that one for some reason. <laughs> like maybe it's the boy and the animal again. Oh, yeah. yeah. I never thought about that. Did they do one about wolves? Oh, sadly, no. He never <laughs> he never got round to the wolves, I don't think. Well, Buick, thank you so much for joining us in the studio and we wish you all the very best with uh, the rest of your books and your kids. Thank you very much. I wanted to talk about Wolf Brother because it's a really good book. Writing is really emotional and it really moves you and you just can't help getting stuck in the story.
So I'm joined on the phone by author Jill Lewis. Um, Hi, Jill. Hello there. For those who may not have read your books yet, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you write. I love writing about animals, the environment, nature and people too, because that's what I'm interested in. And before I was a writer, I was actually a vet. And so a lot of my stories are influenced by the jobs that I've done, the people that I've met and the animals that I've met. But I've always had a love of stories. I wasn't a particularly good reader at school, but I loved the whole imagining stories, pretending I was someone. I used to draw lots of pictures in my stories too. Tell us about that journey in particular. How did you go from vet to writing books for children? I think really it was rediscovering a love of books. Sadly, I wasn't a huge reader as a child, and I realise now how much I'd missed out. So anybody listening now, if you're a reader, read as much as you can, um, because I'm just discovering the richness of children's literature. We're talking specifically in this episode about books for children aged around seven to nine years. Which of your books would you recommend for this age group, and where should we start? I've got a series called Puppy Academy, which I had great fun writing. They're all based on dogs that I've owned. And they're all about puppies learning to be working dogs. They were great fun. And I think that's a great start for perhaps children more towards the seven to eight-year-old side. And then my novels, which tend to be sort of solely for eight to 12-year-olds, but I think Skyhawk and White Dolphin are very good for the sort of eight, nine-year-olds. And Skyhawk is a story about this beautiful bird called an osprey, this bird of prey that catches fish out of the water. And it's how this one bird connects children in a village right at the top of Scotland and a village in the Gambia in Africa through its migration. There's a bit of an eco-adventure story. And White Dolphin is set in Cornwall. So that's, again, another sort of eco-adventure, really. How do you start the writing process for each new story? There's a little bit of magic in writing where you don't quite know sometimes where the stories comes from. I think most of my stories, they start with one spark of an idea. I find all this research and information, you have to find a really true character to carry that story through and pull the reader into their world. I do a lot of research, but then it's finding that character to grab the reader by the hand and pull them headfirst into the story. Are you working on anything new right now? Yes, I've just finished a series for actually the seven to nine-year-old, which is called Willow Wild Thing. And the journey follows Willow, who's one of the characters, and her friends. It's to do building dens and climbing trees and fighting off swamp monsters and all these sorts of things. I've had great fun writing that. Well, we look forward to reading that for sure. Finally, before we go, you're a mother yourself. Can you share any tips on how best to support reading with your children around this age of seven to nine? It's just lovely to be able to read with a child at this age or have them read to you anything and everything. Let them choose. Because when you read with someone, you actually go on that journey together and you sort of feel that fear in a a scary story or you feel that sense of adventure Jill, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really fascinating to chat to you. Oh, thank you. It's been lovely chatting to you too. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Spellbound. We're thrilled that you took the time to join us. 
If you'd like to share book recommendations with us, or if you have a question on any of the books we mentioned in this episode, do get in touch. We'd really love to hear from you. Head to spellboundkids.com for more details and links to everything we've talked about in this episode, as well as information on how to find us on social media. Please follow us and let us know your favourite books and what topics you'd like to hear discussed in future episodes. We have lots to share, so be sure to subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Thank you to everyone who made this happen. To Buick Abel Thompson and Jill Lewis, and to Dan Northover. Music by Wilfred DeSalis and Daniel White. Engineering by Simon Hill. Website design by Lee Carr and animations by Leo Tom. And the beautiful artwork by Pippa Pixley. This was a Spellbound production brought to life by Melissa Tom and Ewan McAleese. Join us next time to dig deeper into some of the best children's books around.